Well, well, well. Past friends, future listeners, welcome to the DDODM, your lair and mine. Today's conversation is going to be a fun one because we're going to make it fun. It is an informative trip into our time machine, the way, way back. And we're going to talk about DDO and all its hissy fits, nerf bats, blow-ups, player throwdowns, developer throwdowns, and how we came to the game we now have today. If you are a returning player, you may have vague memories, or none at all, of the history we're about to touch on. Some players may remember very well. <laughs> I started this game many years ago. My forum is uh, 2008 is my forum. That's what I go by. But I do remember when the cap was only 10. And every green adventurer off Euphonia's Island, because we used to start on Smuggler's Rest, and we used to te- speak to an NPC named Euphonia. And we did the Lord Goodblade's quests. Whole different. The game was very different. I was reminded of this topic by playing Waterworks with some veteran players. It was a late night group. We're all just reincarnating. And someone brought up to me, Hey, remember you had to do Waterworks to get to the marketplace? And I was like... Oh yeah, I do I do remember that. That was a long time ago. It's fact it's so long, I forgot. Waterworks was a gate to the marketplace. That was a difficulty bump or a check, I guess you would say, about how well your character would handle the next set of content. You could of course be carried by other players, which happened often. But, nevertheless, it used to be a thing. Because that's really what we're talking about. The things that aren't a thing, but they used to be a thing. And um, the Seal of Chanticar, the note you find in the waterworks, the Seal of Chanticar, the Giants of Threnal, all these things were connected. And there was a loose storyline for DDO. Very loose. <laughs> All right, enough with the high-pitched, uh, high-pitched tone. Let's get back down to our uh, regular, regular range. So this game is very old, as you all know, and when it was, um, when it was younger, oh, so much younger. There was a time when you could get what was known as a a vorpal weapon. Now, the game was released um, March 2006. I think it was March 2006. So, I played shortly after that. I think maybe in June. I don't remember. It was definitely in 2006 when Vorpa weapons were still highly sought after. There was another weapon that was also highly sought after. 
it was sought after for a long time, uh, mainly for status, <laughs> Uh, because its usefulness was nerfed or changed. The other weapon I'm talking about is the Wounding of Puncturing Rapier. So these weapons, Vorpal in particular, used to work on crit. Uh, I remember watching a kid that had one. He had a scimitar and he would just whop the heads off of enemies and it was awesome because DDO was actually hard back then. Much harder than it is today. It is... Um, the difficulty in DDO is more like an... And it's like an overgrown uh, or overinflated um, Benny's sped-up montage scene in the Benny Hill show. It used to be hard. DDO used to be hard. And these weapons, the Rooting and Puncturing Rapier, and... A good Vorpal would totally change the game for you. It would allow you access to farming very rare chests and continue your growth in equipment power. It was fun to watch. It was fun to be a player with one. I did get my hands on one before the change. It was, don't laugh, I still have it. Um, it was a drow. Uh, not a drow, Warforged Bastard Sword, and it was Vorpal. It was race-restricted, so you had to have UMD to wield it. So it was a Bastard Sword, so you needed a feat, but it still went, like, you know, 6, say, 18 to 20, 17 to 20. It was still pretty good. My Batman build did pretty good with it. Anyways, this little dance of the Vorpals, we'll call it, this lasted from the release of the game, March 2006, until August 16th of 2006, when the developers, in their great wisdom, decided to, per the player's handbook, right? This is all their cop, is all their, their, their cop out. Per the player's handbook, they would now be changing Vorpal's into a natural 20 and confirm a crit. A confirmed crit. To lop off the head of your enemy. And the heads won't come off. This is a big thing too. Because it wasn't changed, but they were considering adding it in. But it was considered too violent to show the head of a troll being lopped off. So... This was the first uh, first real nerf that I remember happening in DDO. I remember it very well. I had the Bastard Sword. I had a fun Batman build. And luckily, at this time, um, evasion still worked in medium and in heavy armor. The difference is, stats mattered back then. So if you didn't have a Dexterity Score or Paladin's Grace... Divine Grace, pardon me. You generally would fail your save. Characters being so low level, it was difficult to multi-class without sacrificing really nice spells if you're a spellcaster. Or really sweet base attack bonus benefits if you were a martial character. Back during these times, you still had 
an XP penalty on death. I don't remember how much, but it was severe. Severe enough that sometimes you wouldn't raid because your death penalty was so extraordinary, you were like a level 8 character instead of level 10. I'm exaggerating a little, but I do remember going from level 10 to level 9, and I remember I should probably wait before I become a level 8 character. That's how the game treated death. Your items would wear out, sometimes permanently. You would incur a death penalty that would lower your player level. And you would just remove feats so that you couldn't use feats if because you, you weren't level 10, so you couldn't use the feats you picked when you were level 10. So it was pretty impactful. You know, it was uh, something you didn't want to mess around with so much. And it happened often even to the best of us. You would die. But it was always something we tried to avoid. That was the the first nerf that I remember. I still have the bruise. You can see it right here. Oh, it still hurts. Ooh, the Vorpal nerf. Yep. That was a fun time, my friends. You know, you have to imagine... It was difficult to take down enemies. You had to whack them a lot, fight them a lot, withstand them. You had to think about how to take them down. You had to kind of take them down as a group and work together. You don't have to do that anymore. The developers, not these particular set of developers, so I'm going to use that term as a blanket term to cover all the employees that have ever had any hand in creation of our beloved game. So please, Turbine, Standing Stone Games, if you work there now, I hold no ill will, and I'm sure that you didn't work here during these dark, dark times. It's important to note about the Vorpal change that it would it wouldn't hurt the Vorpal too much, because regular players still wanted them, and they were still valuable. However. The game would suffer more changes that would remove the beautiful word Vorpal and sword and great and fun and separate those words forever from the DDO players category. I think that's what I mean to say. Anyways, it's probably time to move on. The Vorpal weapons were fun, but there were a lot of other things you could do. I already mentioned you would still have evasion in medium and heavy armor. I remember having a paladin friend who was not too savvy when it came to the rules, but he wore a shield and a sword back when the cap was level 10. And that was valuable because AC was a good thing back then. And he hardly ever died because he had like a 16 or 18 charisma. And that was pretty good back then. Laughable now, sure. But I miss those days (laughs) when the game was actually fun. And we move now to the next change in DDO. The next really big change that I remember 
being a part of, being affected by. It's January 24th, 2007. What would happen then, you say? Was it a nerf to stat-damaging weapons? Hmm. No. No, my friend, it wasn't. But I'll tell you what did change. Death XP. Experience experience debt began to disappear over time while you were logged off. Slowly in town. And more if you were logged out in a tavern. This was a big deal. People logged out in taverns. (laughs) There was already lag issues. They tried to motivate people into tavern areas. Also, the first appearance of the Festival Jester, which was noteworthy and, while not a nerf precisely, he would get nerfed the next year. So, yeah, I'm still kind of right. All right. Here is this little nugget. This was a a temporary change that wouldn't would be reversed. But this is January 27th or 24th, 2007. So Previously, the end of the summer, they had nerfed Vorpals. And later, although the cap was still level 12, was level 12 at this time. It was not level 12 yet. It was. Yes, it was. It was level 12. Check this out. The same patch notes that brought us the Festival Jester and that brought us the Regenerating Death XP, which would make it easier, the game easier, because that was the issue when DDO came out. It was too hard. Okay? It was too hard. All right. What say you? What possibly could have come out new under items? The Ring of Spell Storing will no longer drop as treasure. We have concerns over players collecting many of these rings and therefore having nearly unlimited spell points. The Ring of Spell Storing will return when we have addressed these concerns. Existing rings are not affected. Hmm. Hmm. Good thing casters don't have unlimited spell points, huh, guys? Huh? Huh? (laughs) You see, if you go back and listen to my other podcast, and I sometimes fall in a funk, as we all do, and I might say something like, 
all the changes that they've made have been either undone or useless and only made the game worse. Harder to balance, harder to manage, and less fun. And I'm right about these changes. So, that was Module 3, Patch 3. I remember those days. Death penalty regen. Oh my goodness. What say you? Was the next real punch in the gut? The next real gift from the developers? Taking the nerf bat upside every player's said and just giving it a good whack. I tell you. And I have to tell you. Because I can't. I can't take you back to the time when the game was experiencing these rules. But with our next update, we're going to highlight May 22nd, 2007. So five months later, Five months later, a mere five months later, guys, that's not that long. It takes four months to come out with the archetypes, and we have how many? Exactly. So five months later, the game is still very young, a year old. We've already nerfed Vorpals, and some would argue it's per the rule book. Some would argue it was fine the way it was. The reality, players that didn't have the Vorpal weapons bitched and moaned, and wanted them. And Turbine could not increase the drop weight with the way they were being implemented. So they nerfed the shit out of them, and then increased the drop rate. That's what happened. That's why the Vorpal change occurred. So, new Bass players who didn't play, who didn't know Life DDO, could eventually get one of these weapons if they almost know Life DDO. I say that with a little salt. Of course. The death penalty regen. Again, five months later. The ring of spell storing fiasco. The great ring of spell storing fiasco that many people have forgotten about. I haven't forgotten. Unlimited spell points. (laughs) They might have unlimited spell points. I guess this is before they had SLAs, huh? (laughs) Uh, Because they need those now, right? You have to have your SLAs now. So let's, let's step forward in time and go to May 22nd, 2007. We're not going to touch on every Nerf bat. Just the ones that I have scars from. Those are the ones I want to talk about. I remember this one. Fixed an issue where players are seeing a message that says, cleaning up old connections indefinitely. The same message may still happen, but the player will be able to log in again normally within 10 minutes. (laughs) That was the internet back then, guys. That That was how the internet was. 
is the Wild West. I've already mentioned my friend, the 18 Charisma. I think he had a 16 strength. It was pretty dope back in those days. I think this thing was 14. I think it was 14. Anyways. Okay. Evasion was taken away from medium and heavy armor users. Yes, my friends. They actually took... The game was released in March 2006. And it took over a year, 14 months, for them to change evasion so that it no longer worked in medium and heavy armor. But they nerfed the shit out of Vorpals in a couple months. Think about that. Who were they catering to? Whose pocketbook were they trying to get into? Passionate game developers? Tabletop enthusiasts? Lovers of lore and customization? Hmm. Interesting. Didn't nerf medium and heavy armor for 14 months. But you nerfed the shit out of like three Vorpals a server. Five months after the game. I mean, seriously, I'm telling you, it's like not, you could count the number of Vorpals on your hand when they nerfed that they made that change. It was ridiculous. Anyways. Spurred by the continued development of the monk, it has come time to address evasion in medium and heavy armor. From now on, the rogue class ability evasion will no longer function, will only function in light or no armor, and not while helpless or when heavily encumbered. And we are intentionally deviating from the player's handbook and permitting evasion while moderately encumbered as a character in DDO cannot say to their DM, I dropped my pack full of treasure and I can pick it out. Can you believe that crap? Can you believe that kind of shit sandwich? Do they think we're dumb? Do they think we don't know what they're doing? Hmm. Hmm. There was really, my friends, at this particular time in the game's development, there was no reason to make this change. I was, I for one was for it. I wanted this change to occur. However, I played a high-dex character. Many high-dex characters. That's what I liked. I was a skinny kid growing up. So, I pretended to be an elf all the time. So I had evasion and light armor all the damn time. So, back then, guys, medium and heavy armor did not provide you with any type of damage resistance. It just allowed you to dump your deck stat at certain levels, depending on the type of armor you used. Interesting, right? Are you not impressed? Are you no longer entertained? So, is that all we have to discuss? Discuss. Well, it only took five months. But, the Ring of Spell Storing returned. And it is now an exclusive item. An exclusive item 
items that are now exclusive. This is the list of... Oh, we don't want to go through the whole list because it's a lot. Oh, no, it's not. These are the list of exclusive items that were released. The Ceremonial Blade from the Abandoned Keep Arena. It would get you the Thrashk Longsword, plus five, if you remember. The Orb of Jin. It's a quest item from Chains of Flame. Okay, keep that in mind. The Orb of Jin. It's needed to flag for the Demon Queen raid. Why would you only need one of these? You would need many of these. But you can only have one. The Drow Blessed Blood of a Fiendish Knoll. So the Offering of Blood. Flagging quest line item. You only can have one of these. It's exclusive. And can you guess what the third one would be? The Cursed Phylactery of Rayum. Another Demon Queen flagging quest. You now are forced to run over and over because you can only hold one. Now, is it true that you might be able to put one in your bank? Hmm. Yeah. But you know the only other item on this list other than quest items to flag developers forcing you to run their content over and over again to your eyes bleed when you've already run it over and over again for a Vorpal Kopesh? Do you want to know? The Ring of Spell Soaring finally returns to the loot table as an exclusive item. It took five months. Five months to figure that out. Mind you, the monk hasn't released. But they still change medium and heavy armor evasion. I was happy with this change. But it would come to bite me in the gonads. This was a change that I never it didn't affect me, but I always thought it was dumb. You can no longer chain rage and avoid fatigue altogether. Additionally, in update 4.2, Barbarian Rage Fatigue will be changed to allow any effect that dispels fatigue to remove it. Before, you couldn't. If you were fatigued by Barbarian Rage, you were like, you know, sucked, but you were fatigued. You couldn't have it magically fixed. An interesting mechanic, to say the least. Again, the game was harder. Okay? It wasn't easier back then. It was harder. What, pray tell... could possibly be the next mark what well it would be some time before the developers would would get ballsy enough 
to do what they did with the spell storing ring. To force players to run pre-quests. They forced them. You think the developers are all fun and shiny now. They want to make your game easy. Your life easy. They were very particular. They made the game and they will, you will play it the way they intended. Or you will not enjoy your time here. That was the sentiment. So, the last patch we covered... Patch, Module 4, the Mark, the Dragon Mark. As I recall, the cap was still level 14. And it was difficult to work feats in, so these Dragon Mark feats were powerful. At any rate, let's move ahead in time. To January 30th, 2008. January 30th, 2008 was when the game increased to level cap 16. It took over a year to get this level cap increase. Well over a year. I think. But. They changed some things. Now when a character is unconscious and stabilizes. You'll regenerate health. Isn't that cool? Level cap has increased to 16. A general note. Traps are nastier on hard and elite and more forgiving on solo difficulty. Detection and disable difficulties are unchanged. I remember this because it was a move to make rogues relevant. You see, rogues... Rogues are a bitchy lot and they want everybody to stop and watch and look at them. Hey, I'm going to sneak attack. Hey, did you see my death attack? Hey, I disabled that trap. No, dude. Get me my XP bonus. And don't fucking get killed. Because if you do, and I lose my 20% XP bonus because you died, I'll be mad. So stay in the fucking back with your repeater. And make sure every single barrel is broken. Ransack. Ingenious debilitation bonus. You know what to do. I kid. I kid. I'm kidding. These are kind of jokes. They're kind of not, but they're kind of jokes. So, what else changed? Attack progression changed.
UI improvement, of course, always with the UI improvement. This is an interesting change. The release button in the death dialog will now be grayed out for three seconds after death to prevent accidentally releasing. That's not true. You know why that is done? You probably still experience this bug because for some weird reason, it still exists. But back before the change, we were pros at it. Well, me and my friends were pros at it. And you could... Uh, what did they call that? Rubber band res? Something like that? Yes. You could be dead, hit the I want to res button, and res yourself by clicking the yes button, even though it's supposed to teleport you out. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Interesting. The XP debt, death penalty, has been changed to a friendlier equipment damage and death sickness system it I believe it's still the same system we have now where your skills are slightly impaired you see it got easier level 16 people had vorpals aplenty they were more than just one wounding rapier wounding a puncturing rapier there were several different types of builds you could be that were excellent and fun. There were cool combinations that you could make. Of course, they added new spells. And I remember... Some of these. I'm trying to see if anything sticks out as a as a bitch move. There is a reason why we are on this. There is a reason. I'm sure you want to know what that reason is. I want to tell you what they are. And you'll find it under the monsters section. Starting in module 6, the hard and elite monsters in new quests at very high level, CR 16 and up, will be getting tougher as their starting CR rises. Hard will become increasingly more difficult and elite will become a real challenge. Be prepared to start facing some particularly tough bosses on Elite CR-16 and higher quests. See, at this particular point in the game, they dumbed it down enough. And now with the complete removal of the death penalty, it didn't matter if you died. Now, some of us were like, nah, we weren't really dying as much anyways. So it didn't affect us as much. We'd gotten good at the game, understood the rules, and played smart. Wow. New players were still appropriately punished for their ignorance. Okay. A resurrection exploit has been fixed. This is in the notes. 
All right. So. This will finish this rant on module 6, the 13. It's going to be important to note the next couple of changes we're going to go over are really we're the death now for the game. And it starts with the free-to-play babies. Yes, you free-to-play babies that are now all veterans that have no idea how hard and how much fun the game used to be. Yes, back when you could vorpal on a crit, any crit, it was still hard because there was only three vorpals on the server. So yes, it was still hard. But luckily, you're bitching and moaning changed all that. Oh, your ancestors bitching and moaning changed all that. And everybody can have Orpal. Numerous changes to the monster AC and the player to hit values made it difficult to ensure that you could crit and confirm every time on a 20. You had to build for it. The Orpal still worked, but you had to build for it. Well, to some players, even this wasn't enough. They had a Vorpal, and they didn't understand why it didn't work with their 4-Wizard 10-Fighter. It didn't work because that build didn't work. Anyways, what could I possibly be talking about? Free-to-play babies. That's what we used to call them. Don't take offense. If you joined the game August 31st, 2009, somewhere around there, you would be considered a free-to-play baby. It's the introduction of the turbine store. And level cap was increased to 20. The Favored Soul was released. The Devils of Shavarath. This was actually pretty tough. It was made more tough by people bitching. You see, even some of these improvements that were touted by the developers end up being removed and squashed. Like the more XP in a dungeon without dying. That that doesn't exist anymore, does it? But that used to be a thing. So like if you were a squishy character, people didn't like it if you ran ahead and died. Because it meant we all got less XP. All of us did. Now we have to get breakables because you suck. So, what was the what was the death now? Well, this introduced the difficulty scaling. 
So now monsters could scale on a slider depending on group composition, particularly the number in the group of players. A new technology was unveiled, the Dungeon Alert. I think we still deal with the Dungeon Alert. The Dungeon Alert was a veiled attempt by the developers to address lag, but really what it was was punishing players who ran too far ahead in the quest and completed it very, very quickly. That was all. It was to punish those players. But also, it reduced lag. No, no, it did not reduce lag at all. No, no. No, but you know what the Dungeon Alert allowed them to do? It allowed them to amplify their new system. In these notes, it's called Grazing Hits. My friends, for years, I have always referred to this as Glancing Blows. You know why? Because they would sneakily combine this with Glancing Blows and not mention anything. At least I didn't find it. What is Glancing Blows? I want you to listen to this wording. Now remember, these are celebratory, Eberron Unlimited, free-to-play, first in the country, first of its kind, MMO. Right? This is the release notes. Tell me if this makes any sense. I will tell you the real reason why this was added. But you tell me if this makes sense. To address issues of player dissatisfaction with a high rate of missed attacks and to balance high AC numbers among characters. I'll read that again, and then we'll address the first part before the and. To address issues of player dissatisfaction with a high rate of missed attacks. Remember all those bitches with Vorpals that don't know how to use them? You have to confirm the crit. That means you got to be able to hit the monster idiot on most rolls, on the highest roll. And back then, my friends, you, the AC was of the mobs was a normal number you could memorize and target. Not like it is today where we need charts and graphs and sheets and an associate's degree in accounting. But now, let's, let's address the and, and then we're going to zoom out, look at the big picture, and then continue on with the sentence. I'll start at the beginning. To address issues of player dissatisfaction with a high rate of missed attacks. And to balance high AC numbers among characters. Now let me ask you, are these two things related? Do they seem like they're the same group of players No, my friends, they are not. And in DDO, up to this point, it was difficult to hit mobs. You had to plan for it. 
It wasn't really, really hard. It wasn't exceedingly hard. But if you wanted to crit and do damage on your crits, you needed to confirm. So those little enhancement trees that say plus one, two, three to confirm crit, those used to be important. Now it's important because it's a minor bump in damage because even those now are multiplied by your critical uh, multiplier for weapon damage because the game has gotten so wildly off course that they had to buff that. So, in this one sentence, you have players that can't hit shit with their Vorpals, which is what it was, and to balance high AC numbers among characters. Can I ask you a question? You don't have to answer me. Do you think that people with high AC were having trouble hitting mobs? So the two are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Right? So, what's really going on here? Well, let me tell you. Just prior to this fiasco, there was always grumbling in DDO. Always. There was always two factions. There was the shitty players, and there was the competent players, and then there was the elite assholes who held all the keys to everything cool and never shared a damn thing. So, those were your three levels of, of players. It was always fun for an elite asshole to play with the competent people. They'd always, oh, well, you're so good, will you teach me your tricks, and blah, blah, blah. They generally would have fun. They were really a first among equals. If the elitist played with a dumb as nails, dumb as rocks player, that person would see them as a god. And oftentimes get upset that they couldn't do what the elite player could do. Competent players would be included in this mess because, as game theory has taught us, people are not basically good. They will fuck you over when they get a chance. So, even though these elite players would bestow knowledge, run people through raids, give them high-powered items, even if they didn't have it themselves, even though they tried, it wasn't enough to stop the bitching. And you know what? Turbine wanted that money. And bitchers, some of those bitchers have money. So... They added grazing hits. The grazing hit system. Let's finish this huge sentence that basically destroyed the game and made my friends almost run from it. We're almost there, not quite. The grazing hit system adds a chance to apply a small amount of damage to monsters and players on attacks that would otherwise have missed if the number rolled on the die is high enough. This is clearly not in the player's handbook. It's interesting that that's not highlighted here. These hits will appear in your combat log and will also have a visual indicator in floaty damage. The thresholds for when players or monsters can graze on a missed attack is as follows, subject to changes in the future. You dummies. You took away player defense by whining. 
So, how did this How did this affect players? Well, why don't we continue? First off, another combat improvement. Ability damage now regenerates at a rate of one point of each ability score per minute. Negative levels fade at a rate of one per two minutes. Being reduced to zero, constitution will no longer kill players or monsters. They will be stunned for a short period of time and then behave as if they had been reduced to zero in any other ability score, automatic criticals, etc. This change applies to all ability scores. For example, shadows will no longer kill you if your strength is reduced to zero. Though, you will continue to spawn a shadow if you die under their effects of their touch. Red name bosses can now be affected up to 10 points of ability damage in each ability score. This cannot drop them below 1 in any ability score. This was the wounding of puncturing nerf. Now, it was still a useful weapon. But it was severely <laughs> crippled, let's say. Ability damage now regenerates at a rate of one each per ability score. Negative levels fade. These were big deals as death block was rare and you generally couldn't pass your death block items around to characters. There were just few and it was fun to make, a lot of fun, to make alt characters that you could make crazy builds and see what would work and what wouldn't work. And it was a lot of fun. Which quest could you complete on Elite? How much favor could you get? Is it the build? Is it the items? Is it the player? Is it the knowledge of the rules? Is it all the safe spots you know? It was a fun game back then. Still. However... We are still seeing the effects of these bullshit changes. If your constitution reaches zero, you should die. As constitution measures some type of physiological functions happening in the body, and when you have zero physiological functions in the body, you will die. So, while new players and shitty players rejoiced, Veteran players only took note. And what did we take note of? I will tell you. Red name bosses can now be affected up to 10 points of ability damage in each ability score. That meant that if you were in a raiding guild and you were endgame raider, your ass had a weakening weapon and brought it to every freaking raid. Because now somebody would have to be responsible to applying those 10 points of damage, at least for the first half of the raid. Until we were sure we were going to win. Hmm. 
negative levels fade, and ability damage recoups. Now it's time for me to tell you, pull back the veil, and tell you why these changes were made. I've alluded to it. I set it up a little bit. Slight foreshadowing, grossly foreshadowed. Up to this point in the game, DDO, many players proudly, proudly declare DDO highly customizable, highly unique. Make any build you want. Complete the content any way you want. Have a lot of fun and go home. Victorious. This changed with this update, not only because of the grazing hits, That was the downfall of AC, yes, sure. But the reality was the damage was 1 to 10 points of damage. And that may not seem like a lot to you, but players only had about 200 hit points back then. At most. Some had 400. At any rate. I want to... tell you the truth. Newer players, free-to-play babies included, were upset that they could not control mobs with hate and intimidation. Yes, We didn't have tank, healer, DPS. Even at this time in the game. Even at level 20. However, we were moving towards those, those that triad. And now, your R10 foolish reaper mode and all these foolish things that have unfortunately compounded and left the core fund, the true fund of this game, a shell that everybody begs on the forums, on all kinds of forums, on different forums, on all kinds of media. They all beg for a return to a closer version of the rules that they, we are walking through them polluting for the most part. So far, the only real rule that they seem to have implemented is when they change Vorpal to apply only on a 20 and a confirmed critical 20. Natural 20, confirm the crit. So, this, my friends, was the downfall. The beginning. The beginning of the end. And the inclusion and the rise of the tank the healer, and the DPS in Dungeons & Dragons Online. Prior to this, nobody wanted that because you could still play the game that way. Your Intimitank should have extremely high Intim and he will have to spam his Intim because he will continually lose aggro because as only natural... If you are shooting something in the back with a scorching ray that's maxed and powered, 
your ass is probably going to go try to kill that motherfucker and not focus on the guy who's giving you nasty looks and hiding behind a shield. Because that makes more sense, right? That guy's trying to burn you alive with a spell. That guy's sticking his tongue out at you. Who do you really want to attack? Well, the free-to-play babies and the players who they unfortunately mentored under, the competence and the casuals, convinced them to be loud enough, spent money on the DDO store, and unfortunately, this is before our SSG that we know today. So, as I said in the beginning, I'm kind of tongue-in-cheek going through these, but I think it's important that players understand when they say they're asking for this thing or that thing, they had this thing or that thing, it was taken from them, probably by the players that you think are good now. Anyways, shall we continue? <laughs> Could there possibly be more? <laughs> well, there was a, a bright star on the horizon at this particular point in time because Star Wars The Old Republic was, was in development at this time. However, DDO was still exciting. We would still experience the release of The Monk, which was extremely fun, despite its unfortunate nerfs, both to its unarmed damage die and its ability to survive damage by spending its entire life cloistered from society and working exclusively on that skill, well, the bitchers and whiners, the people who aren't listening to this podcast, because I, I, I know probably the people that bitched are gone. Most of them. You know why? Because people who bitch like that and get their way, they're not really having fun. Because the game has literally changed to accommodate you. I mean, it's like cutting the crust off your kid's bread. Eventually, they're going to tell you they just don't want the sandwich and they want something else. Just the chips, thank you. Just the chips. So, not to get into anything political, and I know kids and crusts, you know, should kids have to eat their peanut butter and jelly crust? Should they have to eat peanut butter and jelly? What if they're allergic? I had kids. Anyways. Update 5. June 28th, 2010. We are about a year away from the release of Star Wars The Old Republic. It would be released in November 2011. I say that because a year at that particular time in my life was a long-ass fucking time. I thought a year was forever back then. So, 
If we go back to June 28, 2010, Star Wars The Old Republic wouldn't be released until forever, at least from my perspective. And the DDO store was bullshit. Yeah, you might get some XP pots. You might get a plus one tome. But the real power was no lifing the fuck out of your reincarnation lives. And that's what I did. In fact, me and my guildies got extremely good at it. So good at going to 1 to 10 or 1 to 20. It was retarded. And this is before Twitch and YouTube. And it's unfortunate that my friends, my friends could have been successful at that shit. Because they were amazing players. Amazing players. You think you have amazing players now when, well, some of them are good. I will admit. Some of them are from my heyday. I'm referring to them. They were there. I played with them. But my friends, who I no longer see, no longer play this game, they were amazing players. Real Dungeons and Dragons heroes. I wanted to be just like them. Their swords were the sharpest. Their axes were the biggest. Their bows fired the fastest and the most and most accurate. Their spells burnt the most shit. Their feet kicked down the most doors. So I miss my friends. But that's not what this is about. No. 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 No, we're going to take go back to June 28th, 2010. A time where shroud lag was still a thing and every other update was improving it and or network status or some other thing. But here we see the introduction of I forgot why I pulled up this page so now I have to quickly look and hopefully find it Attacks performed while holding a shield and no weapon will now shield bash instead of punching. <laughs> I, re- I remember that being a big deal. And this too. When targeting an object with the reticle over it, the red reticle appears, you can perform an untargeted attack. And that was fun. Did you, you couldn't do that before. The following changes have been made to combat for better game performance and balance. Attacks with two-handed weapons performed while moving no longer perform glancing blows. Two-weapon fighting attacks, weapons or unarmed, have been optimized for performance and balance. Offhand attacks now have a chance to proc or trigger off of main-hand attacks based on the number of two-weapon fighting feats and related enhancements you possess. 
instead of being predetermined on a certain tax in the chain. Why is this important? It's a direct nerf and deviation from the rules to two up and fighting attacks. It's it's a direct nerf. A new mechanic has been introduced called Double Strike. A character with Double Strike has a chance to make an additional attack roll with their main hand anytime they make a main hand attack on the target on the target of the first attack. Many speed bonuses have been changed to Double Strike effects. <laughs> the Fighter Alacrity, Capstone, and the Paladin Spell Zeal have been changed to 10% bonus double strike. So we we adapted, my friends. We took it on the chin. They crapped on our builds. So we found every fucking source of double strike in the game and stacked that shit. <laughs> And somehow there was a big lag problem. Well, I guess if they didn't try to optimize for performance and balance, this is the key word here, performance and balance. The issue was, at level 16, we're coming into level 20. And rangers, and certain two-handed fighting builds, although they've been quite as powerful, especially because your strike-through bonuses that you are all well aware of today did not exist. You only had the glancing blows, and as you just took note, they don't work now on when you move. And it was very unsatisfying and sucky for a two-weapon fighting character. You had to have the SOS. Luckily, I have three. But back then, I think I only had two. So we took it on the chin. After all, it would be forever before we would see Star Wars. And we continued to play the game and play by their rules. This was a good update for some things. Bastard swords and dwarven axes are now as if they were two-handed weapons for the purpose of glancing blows, when they are only one weapon wielded by a proficient user. Weapon, shield, or single weapon styles, but not when dual fighting. Feats or enhancements that affect glancing blows, such as the two-handed fighting chain or the great weapon aptitude, will modify these weapons. The are still treated as one-handed weapons for all other purposes, such as strength bonus to damage. It's kind of shitty. You know? Ah, uh, stunning weapons of all pluses now have a 3% chance, 
3% chance to trigger and have DCs based on that very on the on the stunning plus of the weapon. I forget the exact change, but as I recall, the higher the stunning plus, the higher the chance to to proc a percent stun. So if it was plus 10 to stunning DCs, it would be a 10% chance to stun. But we did have the epic um, we did have the epic you know, line of crafting come. You remember this is the level this is after the level 20. Okay? This is update 5. This is a full year after it. A full year and some months. So we're still dealing with raid changes. And we're still dealing with nerfing player damage output. So what could be of relevance? I'll tell you. Deception, bluff, and similar other effects will no longer spin raid bosses around. Why is that important? I'll tell you why. Because me and my friends, I'm sure there were others on many servers, we used to keep some of these items, and you could duo many raids, like, I don't know, Sulamadis, many raids. The Hound. And you could pass the aggro back and forth and or proc the deception bluff effect on the raid boss. Essentially making it do this funny little dance where basically just, it would attack, but usually RACs were still valid for that attack most of the time, sometimes not. Sometimes you would get cursed or something bad would happen because of glancing blows. But for the most part, this was a workaround where if you didn't have all the items on an alt tune but still wanted to farm the raid and not enough people were on, you could have a buddy and you could complete the raid this way. And then you would get the item or have a higher chance of getting the item that you wanted. And you didn't have to have eight other people who did nothing tag along. So... Quest and adventure changes. Well, the tier of the Khan, the rest shrines are no longer locked. And there is an extra shrine in the quest. Most of the forum posts that are about enacting a tougher difficulty or making hardcore more hardcore is all about lessening the player 
interaction with the shrines. And here, still a year after level 20, and we're probably into epic levels at this point, we are unlocking and giving players access to these things. So, there were some bright spots, you remember, this was still about a year out, I believe the cap was 20 still, it might have been 21 or 22, I, I think it was still 20 though. I could be wrong here. Well, a more fun um, feat was released. One that I, I enjoyed playing was the Whirling Steel Strike. It would it would make some pretty unique builds that would make the forums. Nobody really, in my group, batted an eyelash. Well, these builds are probably still discoverable on the forums. They were the first in the set of builds that I remember that were obvious and, I guess, developer-sanctioned or developer-created. Either way. So, I'm talking about the um, favored soul longsword builds and the such with the healing and the healing on hit. So, weapon finesse now requires. 13 dexterity. Is this good? Is this bad? I mean, this is a rule change, right? It's a symptom. The change to weapon finesse for dex 13 is a symptom that is creeping. It's creeping. You've widened the gap with gear and stats to let more players into upper echelons of rating. However, they're still not competent players and don't quite understand all the mechanics. Also, We should continue. Ooh. Oh my God, I remember these. 
uh, where I'm looking at enhancements. They're not worth talking about. I just remember. I just remember when they came out. So these enhancements, we've I've sort of because I'm trying to be a little funny here and tongue in cheek, but still be informative. One thing I'm kind of glossing over is a lot of the big changes in the game. And when we started back in module two and three, and we saw the nerf, the, the Vorpal, and some of these other things change, the enhancement system went from four slots. And as I recall, there were one, two, three, and four. And the one, two, three, and four also let you know what. Uh, what rarity of an enhancement you could play. So a fourth level enhancement slot would be, you know, the highest kind of plus bonus or um, enhancement you could get. So you could get um, a couple of plus three to dexterity. You could get all the dexterity, but you could get other things too. Plus to bows, movement. You could just get all kinds of things. Um, it was much more limiting, but it was also much more impactful. These choices were made huge huge decisions whether you could really function or survive or not uh, so they were very um very punishing as well the opening up of these other enhancement trees that they made was a good change for the game and it was a lot of fun it's unfortunate that it wasn't long we didn't have them long before um well we did have them for quite a while before they started to give in to the the masses and and destroy uh, the rule set that we were so lovingly given and so hard-fought one. So, I guess that pretty much covers the update 5 release notes. Oops, and I did not mean to exit out of it. I just meant to switch. So we're going over these, and this is update 5. Update 6 from August. The reason why I'm not going over that is there's not there's literally nothing but the Red Fens Adventure Pack that's released. And I remember that was the underwater and yeah, so this is still level 20 character. So you're still level 20, even in update 5. And, and and the game, even though... So update 6 didn't really have anything. It had the... What it did have was those fen, red fen set bonuses were ridiculous. Th those were the first really powerful things, I think, that I remember. Like, hey, you've got you've to gotta grab these now if you want to keep raiding. So... Yeah, update six was good. The underwater quest was interesting. It was long. I remember being long. So, I also still remember that AC was still fairly impactful up to this point. Your the glancing and grazing blows you would take hurt. You needed the hit points. It was important to reincarnate and get the extra 30 hit points from Barbarian. Because, well, now that seems laughable. Back then it was really, really important. Also, it was also important to heal yourself. I was listening to a Strimtongue 
stream, I think it was this week, and Stream Tom said, Dragon Marks suck. Halfling Dragon Marks really suck. And that's true nowadays. But in this time frame where we are, back in June 28th of 2010, and even October 20th, 2010, the halfling dragon mark was very important because you could still technically build for AC even though it was not as rewarding. But having heals to compensate for the developers cheating so that you would look worse in front of new players or they could sell a few tomes out of the fucking DDO store You could cover that up with a heal scroll or wand, a little bit of healing amp, because we were just getting healing amp introduced. But on to the big, big update. You have to remember, went through a, a big drought where the content was very lackluster. So to be at level 20, and we stayed at level 20 for a long time, I'm glad they did. I'm, I'm glad they did. Update 7 was the release of the Half-Bloods. So this was the release of Half-Orcs and Half-Elves. This was an extremely fun time. The Chronoscope was released. I remember that. It was also the first time that... The Mabar Festival, the Plain of Endless Night, was coterminous with House Jurasco. And we had the Festival of Endless Night, Wednesday, October 20th, 2010. That was our first one. It was so much fun. It was a lag mess, sure. But you could get instances where it was working okay. And that was the first time I just played my sorcerer to death and had a great amount of fun farming these things. It was fun. What was fun about the, that particular time was it brought all the players together. You see, the changes to the game divided the player base. And it created elitist personalities. It enhanced them. Where before, you had some elite guilds not wanting to share. There were other people, I was one of them, that would regularly run raids that I knew I could complete solo or with minimal effort from other people and try to spread the fun and the wealth and I wouldn't call it a teaching raid, because it's not really what it was. I could barely stumble through the raid. You know, I wasn't a super high-end elite player, but I, I did know how to play the game very well. But I wasn't at a stage in my life where I could teach or anything or show anybody anything. I just wanted to be an awesome Dungeons & Dragons character, and I was. That fantasy was 
was short-lived because the player base, because of these changes, were dead set against each other. And I remember guild versus guild, like, legit shit-talking, like, legit, like, somebody would be like, fuck them, and really mean it, not like, as a joke. The player base was divided. It had everything to do with new players. I'm going to build a hate tank. I want to build a tank, tank, tank with AC and fucking idiot. You have heavy armor. You can't build it. It doesn't work. The D20 system doesn't support it. Well, they would change that, wouldn't they? They would change that. You got your, uh, you got your Trinity classes now. You can multi-class a little bit, but mostly you got to multi-class to specialize. <laughs> kind of shitty. Anyways. Back to the Half-Blood release. This was, uh, this was fun because I remember the Half-Work was, uh, was really strong. I remember their quarterstaff builds, uh, the Thief Acrobat was released and Obviously, people still um, run things that were made back then and popular back then, like the uh, like the two-handed half-orc cleric that was pretty popular. The any two-handed fighting orc was popular in any class: barbarian, fighter, fighter, monk, whatever. It was just a very strong strength. Was still very. Highly sought after, you see. There was long before these um, these trees that they lovingly gave us. Uh, SSG's done a great job giving us some of these universal trees. It's not all bad. I'm glad for some of the changes they made. But most of these changes we're discussing are unfortunately the demise of what was a really great game, a really, really great game, and into the shit show we see now with Reaper mode. So, you have the advent of half-elves, and as I recall, half-elves were actually not that powerful on release. They are now, because they have that ridiculously overpowered 25% damage reduction that's cooled down for a minute or something ridiculous. So, That's a thing. <laughs> I remember this. I'm uh, just reading some of the uh, up- update notes, and this was uh, the update you could finally uh, turn your helmet on or off using the uh, the the doll in the inventory screen. So I, I, you could still you, you had to use the type command. This is interesting. I remember the icon for the monk trainer in Korthos now displays at the proper image resolution. I remember that. Not working. Grazing hits from monsters will now appear in the combat log. So before, when you would take damage, they they weren't showing up. Now, there's a reason why they have to track them. 
you know, it's all, you know, the system is interlocked and it's, the door is wide open now. for a an online homebrew campaign and not a 3.5 based online campaign. So whoever had control of the ship was making whatever damnable decisions they felt like. Glancing blows no longer scale with base attack bonus and start at a base of 20% weapon damage. Enhancements and feats that modify glancing blow damage multiplier now function. This was a big update. And I remember, uh, I think it was running through Tangaroot on Elite with my first, uh, using my, uh, my first two-handed like sword guy that was um it was a lot of it was a lot of fun it was the first time i remember like taking out groups of enemies with, with a great sword as opposed to just one and getting really big numbers on one i'm just going through some of the notes to see if I can um, this is during the Todd Ring era so this is when Tower of Despair and it talks about the flaming burst the set bonuses Armor class values were adjusted down for a number of older monsters whose values were outside of the current standard range. This included certain vampire bosses, the troll boss of the Thrashk Arena quest, various armored skeletons, various scorpions, and several more. You see... In the early lifespan of the game, it was important that you could hit high AC mobs. The vampire bosses, I remember, and I remember the troll, uh, I can't remember his name, and the armored skeletons, many of you remember, and particularly the easiest ones I remember, the ones in, in Stormcleave, those were notoriously hard to hit. The Blackbone Knights or whatever, they came in archer and melee tank variety and um, spellcasting variety. They were very hard to hit and they were dangerous to keep alive. They had very high hit values. They could hit through very high AC, especially the archers, and it hurt. Scorpions were similar. They could dig underground and they'd pop up and you know, you'd swing a couple times, but most of the time you'd miss, and so they'd scurry away and come out a pain in the ass. It was very helpful to have somebody with web or 
a spell that could hold them still. Well, now you don't have to do that. Now you don't need anybody else. You just need yourself. And there were, you know, I had characters that could do that. I could do raids by myself for many years. But I always had more fun when I played with other people. I don't think it's fair that I got forced. And then I don't think it's fair that they... I realize it still happens and I'm glad to see the videos, but it's not like it was. Okay. True reincarnated characters. Oh no, that's, that's a good. That's a good change. I'm just seeing if there's anything on here that's just interesting to talk about. Oh, here we go. Characters will no longer lose buffs when logging directly into an active dungeon. So, there was certain buffs that you could have that would last through the dungeon, and then you'd get out, you'd still have them, but when you went back into the dungeon, there wouldn't be any. The guild buffs were so important because they lasted through, they kind of beat this system. And um, they opened it up to apply for more buffs, but I don't remember what they were at the time. Negative levels are now removed on rest. Again, you know, you had to have heal skill or game knowledge. You had to have a death block item. And this is, you know, we're talking, as far as I know, this is still level 20. And we are over a year into level 20. So why people aren't getting the hint when it comes to these things is kind of beyond me. But their developers were still making concessions. And it's a, it's unfortunate that they did because it, it's watered down the game. And now you have um, you have such a great community now. Okay, guys? I'm being tongue-in-cheek and I'm getting near to the end of my, my rant here with these... Um, Nerf bat bruises that I have to show. But we don't have the fractious player base we once had. The player base is awesome. Everybody is super supportive. But it wasn't it wasn't always like that. It's still not really like that. Some of the um, higher end players don't always share what they're doing. And rightfully so. There's a history here of them getting fucked over. And they're getting fucked over because normies, casuals, bitch. And I'm a filthy casual now. I you know, I don't play. I haven't played I think I played two hours on last Saturday. And I'm like two racial lives away from completing. I just don't have the time. I am a filthy casual. And when I could play, I'm doing this. Because 
I think the game has changed so much in good ways that I want to see it survive, and I'm hoping that if we, the player base, are so united and that the developers are so committed and passionate to returning the game to its former state of fun and challenge and rewarding, achievement, rewarding, rewardmanship, whatever the fuck I mean. Maybe we can give this a shot this time. And maybe in some small way this redeems my bad actions when I was younger because I certainly drew lines. I may not have always excluded people from my raids that sucked. I may have intentionally dragged them through it. But I certainly was involved in the cussing arguments. And I certainly was involved in splitting guild against guild and and making this more than it should be. But those days are long behind me. Okay. And I'm just scrolling down through some of these. I do believe, guys, that, you know, I'm, I'm scrolling down through some of these notes and I'm just reminded of the, the insidious design and how insipid isn't the right word. How fiendish the developers were in cultivating that division of players. And I come across a, a fitting example. The Sword of Shadows is a notorious weapon. Any weapon like that was highly sought after. And there were other items. And during the Seal, Shard, and Scroll era, error, when you needed to play on epic difficulties to have a chance at getting one, I mean, those casual... Filthy players that won and got their Intima tanks and their healers and their DPS parties that turned it into WoW. They couldn't get that stuff because the game, for the most part, was still balanced in such a way that we could still farm these high-level quests. The issue was, did we want to? And I remember at this particular point, we're talking, this is October 2010, remember I started in June of 2006. I had gotten a Vorpal very early in the game, I think July. I played the shit out of this game, I loved it. I bought a new computer, I took a week off work, I loved it. Um, and I got myself my own Vorpal. Yeah, it was a race-restricted, so it was, you know, the um, 
the kind of low rent Vorpal, but it still worked. You know, I had to take a feat in all this business. And I had to have UMD, which means I had to really play a Batman build. So, I I loved it, man. I loved uh, I loved my Vorpal. It was a lot of fun. When I took that thing into Quest and people saw that thing go off, they thought it was so cool, man. And so did I. It was a Vorpal, sword, Vorpal bastard sword. That's awesome. You can't say that anymore. Vorpal now is like an additional effect that if an item has, its benefit lies in the uh, additional weapon die, the increase in weapon die. Because it doesn't automatically slaughter the enemy at whatever health he's at. Maybe, I mean, I one time I remember I got four 20s in a row. Many times that happened, but... Specifically, I remember this one instant, and you know, my party was like, What the heck? you know, but it was all in good fun. I mean, I wasn't the only guy on the server with the Vorpal, I, I had the Warforged one. There were Kukris, there were a scimitar, there was a longsword, there was a great axe, there was a few, five or six, and then. They nerfed it. You know, they took it away. And I still had it, and I still used it. I still, I remember, I think I changed, um, I finally caved in and made a real Batman build, which means before my guy had dexterity and, you know, he had a multiple stat distribution. And at some point I caved and made a real Batman build and had dumped my decks a little bit. Went with medium or heavy plate. I think I had to go with heavy plate because medium was fairly useless. So, I made a real drow Batman build so I could, <laughs> I had charisma, you know, kind of built in. So I had a couple of, couple of extra points in the UMD. The weapons back then were level 10, but I think that might have been a level 8 weapon. I'm not sure. I think it was a level 8 Vorpal. I finally got my hands on a scimitar vorpal shortly after the change. Man, I was depressed. I still have it. It's like at half health. It's level 10 vorpal. You know, you could get powerful weapons from the loot table back then. If you got a wounding scimitar or wounding longsword, that would have been a plus 10 weapon back then. And it would have been meaty. You would have wanted to have that thing. The think about the loot now is they've tried very hard to bring it up to a snuff, but the issue is the numbers and the stats are so bloated. And I touched on this in my last podcast a little bit that the the D twenty system is not balanced around the magical loot. You know, so when they try to recorrect their mistake. You know, they made all this regular kind of normal loot shit. They've, you know, increased and increasingly um, added and bloated stats. And, you know, they've added rules to restrict player growth, but continue to grow numbers. And it's gotten to this place where it's this huge bloat. And I know there was this alleged stat stat crunch um, fairly recently that players talk about. And I missed, but... 
I don't see it. I think it needs to happen way more. I don't think anything should be over a plus seven weapon or plus seven armor. Um, I think that's pushing it, but it is a video game. So these plus 15 and these are crazy, crazy numbers that make it impossible to have any fun and see real progression. Um, and then challenge a character at that numerical level without it feeling exactly the same as it did 10 levels ago, if that makes any kind of sense. But these systems that they would put in place, these high-level farming systems that required very efficient spellcasters, knowledge of the game, intimate knowledge of the game, a lot of times to speedrun some of these seal scroll and shard quests, they, you know, that left the casual community that was now spanking and tanking, right? Um, it left them in the dust when it came to epic raid loot. Or the good stuff, at any rate. So, though those were active decisions that the developers made that continually split the community. I'll, um, I'll go further. We can talk a little bit further. I'll see if there's anything that pops out of me. I have not checked these other updates. I, uh, I really wanted to just tongue-in-cheek some of the older, um, some of the older changes because they hurt a lot less now. But we are still feeling, and Severlin has spoken about it directly at least once. And while not in extreme depth, he has touched on it um, more than a few sentences. And specifically, I'm talking about the changes to armor class. And it did, they didn't change armor class. It's not always changed. It was the grazing hits, the glancing blows. That's that's what changed. Monsters, att- monster attack values got overinflated. There was a better way to handle it, but we're not there now, and that's okay. And um, I'm here to prove that we can fix this and, and get this to a the brilliant game that it is. I'm uh, I'm going through the list here of the next update. It was uh, December thirteenth, two thousand ten, and it says here, um, uh, "What does it say in combat?" It says right here, stunning will no longer work on bosses, raid bosses, or creatures of the wrong genus. Which is funny. So like an ooze or something, right? I still think they should work on regular bosses, you know. And um, raid bosses, I don't know. I haven't been played a raid in so long. So...
Droem vanguards and war priests have been made less difficult on normal and made more difficult on hard. It's another... Who does that... You know, that's... Catering to a, a, a certain populace that's not making them learn the game. You know? That's the issue. It's not that we're you know, trying to get the, ease them into it. It's that, like, you know, drone vanguards? What level quest is that? Don't you think you should know a little bit about AC and, you know, what happens when you're sundered? What about war priest? They're going to cast inflict wounds and, you know, command? You don't think they should know about spell resistance and will saves at level 14? <laughs> Let's just nerf that. You know? It was continual. It just kept continuing to happen throughout this piece of the game's life it just got worse and worse and I remember uh, I remember the um, player morale just started to dive and um, it kind of sucked oh the dilettantes came out for the uh, half elf The silver flame enhancements, whatnot. Here we go. This this is sad. I was just thinking about this today and talking with a friend of mine last night about it. Drow spell resistance line of enhancements has been removed. Drow will now inherently possess spell resistance equal to 10 plus the character level. And I think that's even changed. The drow ranged and attack damage lines of enhancements have been removed. Shuriken have been added to Drow Melee lines, which have now been renamed Drow uh, Racial Weapon Attack and Drow Racial Weapon Damage. That sucks. They they nerfed the Drow pretty hard. Um, They wanted to get more use out of other races, man. So instead of doing the right thing, they just fucked everybody that played Drow. And, And the interesting thing was people that played Drow were the people... That's the first thing you unlock when you unlock favor shit is Drow. So it was a direct fuck you to all the players that they were helping get into raids by nerfing the content. Anyways, it sucked. All right. So that's the update release. That's the update eight. I'll um, Spin through some of these other ones here. This is the fifth birthday, February 22nd, 2011. Wow. I was a young man then. I am sure I still have this this birthday cake box, whatever it is. I'm sure of it. Yeah, there wasn't really much changes here. Yep. There just was no real changes here. It was basically just the release of probably whatever toys they had for us then. So that was update one. Um, I'm going to get rid of some of these other ones just because... We don't need it. Although it's sad for me because it was what a trip down memory lane. I just remember those nerfs 
so much. The Harbinger of Magnus. This is getting close to my the, the last time I was really up at the top of the game. 2011, 12 years ago. Some of you guys probably haven't even started playing back then. Oh, Echoes of Power was introduced. Echoes of Power appears when a player drops below 12 SP. The ability regenerates spell points at a rate of 4 every 6 seconds. Ranges and spell points. New animations have been added to a variety of special attacks. I remember that. A message is displayed on successful evasion. Used to not need that because you didn't take damage. Monsters that have been rendered helpless. Here's another... Here's another nerf. Monster to player damage. Okay, because we're consistently talking about player damage. Monsters that have been rendered helpless now take 50% additional damage from most harmful sources instead of automatically critically hit by physical attacks. This affects all harmful damage except sneak attack and glancing blow damage. Surprise, surprise. And then there's um, helpless values. Uh, players take increased um, damage when rendered helpless. Back then there was a solo, normal, hard, elite, and epic. And elite and epic were 20 and 25% damage. There wasn't too, too much difference between elite and epic. There was a difference. It was more... Um, you know, your it was it was an XP difference, but it was also like really about the items. It was getting the seal shard and scroll. That that's what you could get to drop a lot on those, and that's what um that's what I remember being um, very important. And I think even we are Wednesday, April twenty seventh, um, two thousand eleven, and I still think we're at level twenty. I'm not seeing uh. Anything over level 25 or 20, 20 here. I'm trying to carefully look to see if I miss anything. And here's some more, some more nerfing. Maybe this is after level 20. I don't know. They were probably just getting ready to go. So it had been a few years, but they're finally going to nerf uh, the Vorpal stuff again. Um, melee death effects on items and the rogue assassin enhancement have been redesigned disruption, banishing and smiting weapons have had their hit die caps and saving throws removed these weapons now do 46 damage on a hit and kill an eligible target on a confirmed vorpal hit natural 20 if the target is below 1,000 hit points. If the target has more than 1,000 hit points, they take 100 damage. Well, that didn't age well, did it? Weapons with greater disruption will deal 66 damage, additional 66 damage instead. 
Greater Disruption Guard will apply its death effect with no saving throw at its previous percentage chance, but will not deal additional damage. Banishing Fists will grant Vorpal Banishing Effect to unarmed attacks, but will not do an additional 46 damage. Trying to, it's just, um, there's some stacking effects they're talking about. Monsters. Many creatures have had their immunities and resistance lowered or removed on casual and normal difficulty modes. Monsters that randomly target players will not lock onto players who successfully use their Intimidate skill until the monster's next round of evaluation. Golems are now slightly vulnerable to most forms of damaging magic instead of being immune. Uh, There's um, a list we could go through if we just broke down caster stuff and you would just see the the gradual increase in... I mean, they're already kind of broken in the D20 system, but then there's this gradual inflation... That just continued to happen while there was a constant nerf to melee and melee survivability. Until you have the disparity we have now, right? And they're trying to correct it, I get it, but it's just stupid to do it at the Reaper level because that's not, you need to do away with the Reaper system altogether and just try to get the game back to, you know, that normal hard elite epic kind of, you need to try to get back to that. That's much easier to. To keep fun. What made that unfun was the incredible grind, incredible randomness of the seal, shard, and scroll routine. That's what made that unfun. And what made it unpopular was that their um, DDO store fanatics couldn't get their hands on that stuff because they couldn't do the quests. So... If any developer was listening and wanted an accurate evaluation of that time period, those were that was a good difficulty level for everybody. It was a good reward structure for everybody, but the grind, like with these IOD things, is foolish and unfun. Um, so, something to consider. I'm just going through uh, uh, skills and, and abilities. Animations have been added to diplomacy, intimidate. Um, this is the you know this is almost the culmination of what was started a year ago with uh, destroying AC, introduction of tanks, introduction of the uh, triad system that most uh, MMOs have. And that's what going uh, free-to-play 
really did uh, to the game. So we uh, we have that happening here. The you know this is all about um, all about the intimidation, all about shields, intimidation, holding holding uh, holding a, a raid boss with your tongue and sticking your tongue out and. Eh. Talks about feats, and you know they, they changed the shield mastery feat again. So it just you know This was the rise of the Shuriken Drow build. Special Shuriken expertise feat granted to Drow characters at level 1. Um, they had upgraded some... Uh, monk stuff was upgraded. A lot of monk stuff was upgraded. A lot of wizard stuff was upgraded. A Deepwood Sniper enhancement was updated. <laughs> A lot of... A lot, of, a lot of wizard stuff. A lot of wizard stuff. Um, a lot of wizard lost it. A lot of caster sorcerer stuff. This is what's being buffed. Not much else is being buffed. Um, you have intimidanks, intimidanks on the list, and casters on the list. That's what you have right now as of update nine. Um, these are the. I mean, the list goes... I mean, it's huge, the amount of work that went into... Um, all these uh, spells. I mean, the amount of work, and then how much work that continually goes into them uh, because they just can't seem to get them right. There's a rule book for them, but we're not going to use that because it would be overpowered sometimes and underpowered other times. So what we have is in Update 9, you have a nerf to disruption smiting weapons. Smiting weapons would work on a crit. So if you had a scimitar of smiting, I had a, I had a, a rapier of greater a smiting rapier of greater construct vein <laughs> and it was an awesome portal beater and it was awesome in a lot of other quests i think it was level 12 or 14 so you had to be pretty high level to use it but it was awesome and um totally nerfed 100 percent nerfed it you have to remember this change is happening um april 27th 2011 i've had smiting weapons um that was like one of the first weapons. I think the first named weapon I pulled was a Mace of Smiting from Stormcleave. Um, and I think that, that crits on a 20, but 19 or 20. But still, um, these weapons had been around. Banishing Rapier. I remember I had a Banishing Rapier when the Veil of Twilight came out. And I, 
just about bitch slapped everything in the encounter area on day one just for fun, just because it was fun to see it go off. So, you know, these low level, um, this low level content, lower level content was able to support these higher end effects and the newer higher level content is unable to support these effects. Is that the is that what the what I'm supposed to make out of this? Because that's not true. That's not true. All right. So that was update nine and I, that was April twenty seventh, twenty eleven. So that's just about March. So two thousand six, that's five years, right? That's a full five years. And we're guys, we're 17 years into this game, going into you know, we're in our 18th year, so don't you know, I'm bitching about these changes that happened literally almost over a decade ago. So, don't um, the main ones that I highlighted earlier, I just wanted to show you what the game was like because it was hard, it was fun, and it had a really strong sense of progression before. All these changes that we're running into now before the free-to-play babies came along and we lost the ability to make anything you wanted. I mean, you could make um, a wizard with a bow and solo the Demon Queen. You, you could do that. I did it. I did it at level 10 with a wizard with two levels of ranger, eight levels of wizard. You know, just as a challenge, just as a goof. So these things were, you were capable of making these kinds of incredible builds. But, um, you know, when they wanted to, you know, cater to this free-to-play crowd, we, we lost that ability. And I think there's an understanding now in the, uh, in the West Wing of Standing Stone Games that maybe we should bring that back. Um, but it's not by... Um, not by whitewashing some of these difficulty things and, and trying to add your own rules. That's not going to help. So update 11, Secrets of the Artifers, Artificers. This is uh, September 12th, 2011. So this will take you... This is probably my last... My last update, and I made, I was the first person on my server to have an artificer up to level uh, 20, and I remember I reincarnated and got him, I'm not sure how I was able to do it, but I was 20 artificer, I was a half-elf, and I still was able to get, um, you know, the endless fuselage. But I also had many shot back when it was the, uh, you know, the thirty second thing. And uh, I don't know. I I thought that was pretty. That wasn't like a crazy, uh, you know, like a hidden build or anything. But I don't think anybody really posted a, a build on it for like months after it was released. I think. But I remember doing it like three days after it was released. I was literally in the Lord of Blades with, you know, 
standing toe to toe with him. So, and this was, and I never really learned the Lord of Blades raid or the Master Artificer. I remember going to both of them on release, and um, there was a. Uh, I, I was just uh, done, I guess, at this point in the game. And I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure. I'm really, I'm really not sure why, guys. I know that this is very, very close to the uh, release of uh, Star Wars, and I was just ready for it. I'd been, you know, on the TR train for since it came out for, you know, a year, two years, three years, however long it had been out. And um, I'd seen a lot of my friends leave at this point. I was one of the the last few left. In fact, I, I think I was in my own like little guild at this point, just by myself, me and a couple friends that just randomly came on. They weren't even really hardcore anymore. They were all playing different games. And it had everything to do with, um, you know, all the Nerf Bat bruises we took up to this point. And I know some of you have been playing for a decade and never even knew of these changes. But man, the game used to be so much fun. It was hard. Um, and then it was really rewarding to, to get to the end of the game and, and to be good. And then to to be able to build because you knew the rules and you had a couple pieces of gear. You didn't need to have, you know, all kinds of crazy recipes and maxed out crafting and all this stuff to, to do these things. You just had to know, you know, to hit your DCs and what you wanted to do, you had to know those numbers. And they were easy to get. They weren't they weren't crazy. Yep. Oh yeah. Epic augment crystal slots. Many raid bosses have grown stronger as a result of their numerous encounters with players. Many that did not now have the following. True seeing. Meta magic feats. Fortification versus critical hits. They have also been given extra hit points and physical damage output. The amount of the increase is higher for higher level raid bosses and for those on harder difficulty settings. And this was... Um, this was just uh, a slap in the face of the uh, old guard. Because now you... With the Lord of Blades, I remember, it was like... Uh, the hard reality. I, I think I remember that was the first raid... And I'd only played it once or twice, and I still have only played it once or twice since it's released. And it was when it was released. Um, I just remember being in a group, and we had a tank, and we kind of needed them. Like, you kind of needed them, because the mobs and the ads were pretty... could just cut right through you. And um, I remember being supremely unimpressed. 
So there's some quest changes, and for the most part, it's all about making quests easier. Although some of these things are um, not just about making them easier; it's about uh, making them uh, less buggy. You know. There's the uh, point-blank shot change. I remember this was a big deal. I remember getting real close to enemies to double my damage. I'm looking at uh, the past life feats. They, they, you know, it looks like there's new, uh, a, a bunch of new past life feats. So I just, it was a long. It's been a long time, man, since I've looked at this stuff. Just to see how much the the game has changed, right? Uh, the stalwart defender stance you used to move ten percent slower, and now if you remember correctly, there's an action boost to make you move ten percent faster. And it was all just about um, building threat and trying to make you have um, you know m more saves and. You know, the skill, like the skill bonuses that you have were plus four to strength and constitution, 15% maximum hit points. Now, if you remember, it's plus six, I think, to constitution or strength, and eventually strength, depending on if you take it, and then it's up to 25% hit points. Oh, it's here it is right here. It's, uh, it's the plus six is still here, and the 20% maximum hit points, it, it is still here. It just... Um, I don't know when you're supposed to take it, though, because uh, it says it's Defender 3. I guess that's probably the third tier, right? It just doesn't say, it doesn't specify in these lists. They say my friend's uh, hamster trees suck. So this is, um, yeah, man, this is, uh, this is probably the last update I, I seriously played. And I would say, by seriously played, I was no lifing it. Like, I knew everything about the game. I probably could quote, um, you know, how long haste was at every level. I, you know, I knew... I knew a lot of stuff. The, the thing that's disturbing is... You see the, um, the slide to uh, gutting game mechanics that, that was given to the player, you know... You know, the raid bosses have true seeing. This makes displacement and displacement clickies useless, right? Blur and displacement become useless with the advent of Reaper and people who do play on higher Reaper levels. I mean, come on. I've played them now. I know what they... I've seen the rule set. So... I just, you know, why are you building mechanics to play for players to just take them away? That's not, 
It wasn't like that. When the game came out, it wasn't like that. You know, I remember when Blur came out, it was a big deal. It was powerful. It was good for casters. You know, they couldn't carry a shield or didn't want to. So when they got Blur, it was a big deal. It's not anybody's fault that raids were soloed and people's feelings were offended because they didn't get to come along. I don't get to come along for raids. My mentality is so strong, set in the old ways, I don't click on raid groups. Very rarely will I click click on a raid group because I know I don't know it. Even if I've read the raid and I I just am not going to do it, I don't know it. And I'm so used to being able, like the requirement used to be like, can you solo this raid? Okay, now you can join. But that doesn't mean I can't, it means I've got a pretty good grasp of the rules and I've got a pretty good grasp of what should be working and what should not be working. And when they start removing whole defensive systems and replacing them with other defensive systems, just because you don't have that gear yet. You know, anybody can, you know, become an elf and grab the uh, dragon mark. Fuck, you just need to be Shader Kai. You can get the fucking extend feet and extend your a free, you can have displacement for free all the time and jaunt and phase and all this shit. So, I mean, that's, you know, to me, that was the free-to-play baby saying, hey, you want to be tough? Now you're tough. And then it continued with the advent of Reaper. You know, Reaper was, is just a continuation of, we're taking shit away from you, you're not going to know it, and then we're going to give you other stuff. And then once you meet this certain threshold, you'll, you'll feel like you're powerful. But watch the fuck out, because your ass is still going to get one-shotted. And that wasn't, you have to understand when, if you were an elite player back in this time frame, you weren't going to get one-shotted, man. You know, you were fucking strong. You were a strong character. Nowadays, your characters are not strong. They have all these hit points and all these extra bonus things, and they're not strong. They're weaker. There's the illusion of power. Because they want to force the grind and force... I don't know what that... I don't know. I'm not going to try to read their minds. But I certainly think that the uh, TR mechanic, especially with the racial one, is sufficient enough to keep players... that They don't have to grind out 10,000 fucking bones. You know, throw me a fucking bone over here. To have a nice weapon. I used to be able to pull that shit from chests, man. You know? I was talking to another player earlier this week, and we were talking about exactly that, how the loot is just shit. It's overblown and shit. And now I am negative. Yesterday I was... uh, Yesterday I was... uh, I was not, but now I'm starting to get that way. And when I read these notes and I see what happened, you have to forgive me. Because when I remember how the game was, man, it's so awesome. It was so much fun. Um, and you always wanted to play it. You didn't want to play anything else. And you didn't need, you didn't chase it. I wasn't chasing anything. I was just building characters for the fuck of it. 
It was great because it was fun because it was Dungeons and Dragons online. That's why I was playing it <laughs> before the TR mechanic came out. And then it preyed on my need to be the best and have all the shiniest things. And it burned me out. It burned me out. And then uh, when Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic came out, I fucking hopped on my uh, my spaceship and made the castle run. Never looked back. I visited it a couple times. Um, when they updated the swashbuckler, when the swashbuckler came out, I played, uh, I rolled one of those, and I, I think I TR'd and played one of those. And uh, I made the Ice Bard build. Um, you know, before anyone had it. <laughs> with the Purple Dragon Knight. I'm not saying I was the first, but um, nobody else was playing it when I was playing it. And uh, that's when they were giving out the raid weapons for the cotton web, so I was able to get uh, both the Balthazar and the, the the Bastard Sword there, which was really what made the build work for the freeze mechanic. Uh, but, you know, there was... Uh, I hated the way the Purple Dragonite guys look. They just look like a half-orc, and they look stupid with... Uh, Look like all bunched up. Like, I don't know, they just don't look uh, like athletic. You know, they look like they can lift a lot of weights, but they don't look athletic. So, that always bugged me. And, it, you know, eventually I, I played the shit out of it. It was a great build. A bunch of people, a bunch of them were out there. I know that. People made videos of it and stuff. It was a fun time. But, um, and I remember, you know, because I had the dodge, the shield, and I think there was still, there it wasn't Reaper mode, so, you know, your displacement and stuff I think was less effective, but it still worked. So, between the AC and the ability to heal and the ability to crowd control, um, the build worked really fun, and it was a fun time. Also, the coup de gras attack was fun. I remember playing a build like that. Um... I came back and did monk the Monkture build there. I remember they came out with an epic giant hold. And the Fall of Truth was like the end game. That was like the the end game raid. And I remember um, one of my friends was still playing. And he, uh, you know, told me about the Fury, whatever, the Monkture, how to build one. And... Uh, I was able to get in there and uh, I'd never played the Fall the Fall of Truth raid but I was able to solo it. So I did that a couple times. It was fun. And everybody was doing that with those Muncher builds. But it was fun and it brought back a lot of memories. Um, a lot of good memories. And then uh, yeah, they released those two Dragon Raids and I remember the lag. And I also remember... Um, I remember uh, the nerf to Muncture, and then I think the nerf to Muncture was I'd, I'd had it. I was pretty much done with the game. But uh, for some reason, I was like, you know, just, you know, they've nerfed things before, I'll just stick it out. And then Reaper came out. 
And um, I, I just see it for what it is. It's a joke. I know some people can't, don't undersee it, don't see it that way. Um, they think it's a challenge. Um, but it's it's not. It's a, it's a vertical TR grind without the without restarting from level one. It's stupid. And it doesn't enhance gameplay. It doesn't expand build options. It doesn't make replaying the game more fun. It just makes you fucking... Put you on a fucking treadmill. And the game... I'm just... You know, the game wasn't like that, guys. When the cap was level 16 is probably, to me... The uh, sweetest spot in the game is before gl- the glancing blows, the you know the grazing hits. Got rid of AC. You know all the effects still worked. Uh, people could play. You could play a Vorpal build, but it wasn't great. You know, but you could still like you could make a, a wizard like a Gish wizard with a Vorpal sword. I did it. It was fun. I had a friend that did a, a, a dwarven great axe or a, the dwarven. Uh, uh, not a dwarven great axe. He was a dwarven barbarian, but he was mostly wizard and a couple levels of um, barbarian. It's a very popular build now with the, uh, you know, the pale master. But we were doing this at level sixteen and just having tons of fun, just literally replaying the game over and over again with different builds, different. I mean, it was just a shit ton of fun, man. And um, I, I don't. You know, I don't see it. You know, I, I play the different builds that are on offer now. I play the casters, the melees, and the specialists or support classes, and they're just, it's not the same. You know, I'll be walking around in a Reaper with 58 AC. At level 4. With no Reaper points. I've spent no Reaper points. My guy's level 4 in a level 4 Reaper. I'll have 58 AC. You know, a few Cobalt spawn. And I get a couple Reapers. And they'll just... Remember, I'm Heroic Completionist. Epic Completionist. And a couple from from Racial Completionist. But my guy's got a ton of fucking points. These just chew me right up. Fifty-eight AC, gone like nothing. And the excuse is that well, Reaper mode is designed to uh, kill you. That's the excuse. No, Reaper mode is supposed to be an increase in challenge. And the excuse is just like how the excuse was with grazing hits, the dissatisfaction with players being able to hit monsters. And to nerf high AC builds. So the Reaper mode is, is much the same thing. It's a fuck you to everybody that can demolish the game and knows how to demolish the game. And it's a you know it's a secret high five to the um, to the fucking filthy casuals who can just grind out the fucking Reaper points just like they can grind out the past lives. But the past lives are just much harder to grind out than the Reaper points. They just are. They just you it takes fucking stamina. <laughs> and people like that don't have stamina. 
You know, but they don't mind fucking hooking up in a level 32 quest and letting you finish it for them and getting their free Reaper points. And that's just the, that's just what the system promotes. And to what end? Like, what is the... To get to Reaper 10 for what? It's meaningless because the mechanics are are so random. You know? Oh, well, you gotta have a tank. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to have a tank. Well, that's because they changed the game, so you have to have a tank. That's not how the game was designed or how the game was built. And I, I don't concede that point. Um... Having a tank doesn't make it more fun. It makes it less fun. And and you see it in every player that still runs ahead on their wizard or on or on their rogue or you know. But I, I guess I just to me the level sixteen um lifespan of the game was the most fun because that was the most diversity I ever saw in builds, both in raids as a goof and um, as a lot of serious fun, like uh, the Bulbarian, the Rogarian, like all these different cool builds came out and they, they were just from fucking around. And uh, super, super fun. Uh, super fun. You know, we didn't have a. I didn't have enough ingredients to be fucking throwing you know displacement clickies on every character. I had a couple of characters with some green steel, three or four. I guess that was kind of a lot back then. But none of my you know none of my trash tunes had that stuff. You know my alt characters, but I those were the ones I you know I raided with my other ones and did all my favorite quests. And then because the big thing in the game back then, obviously if you were around, was to make sure that your favor was maxed. So. It was maxing your favor, and then it was how many quests, you know, could you build a guy to do, you know, this, this, or that. It was fun to see what you could get away with, you know, what you could build. And I don't see that now. You know what I see now? I see, um, I see 18 levels of Alchemist, um, two levels of Rogue, Inquisitor, Double Crossbow. I see Pale Master, Eldritch Knight. And I'm not shitting on that build at all. I'm not shitting on these builds at all. They're just the only ones that work. Oh, there's more that work. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm aware. But most of the time, the player base is... Not having fun experimenting. And it used to be like that. You used to have fun experimenting. Every once in a while, you, you had to get through a life quickly and you went with, I'm going to play, you know, a ranger rogue. You, you, or you, you're a paladin rogue. You, every once in a while, you, you buckled down and you had to do something quick and you picked the, you know, the best, you know, the best, most efficient or the most survivable thing and you fucking charge through it. Nowadays, you can roll a sorcerer and or a blight caster and just charge right through the game. 
And I'm not saying that those are bad things, but, you know, we just went through, I don't know, five or six years of, of you know, release notes, and they talked about balance the whole time, and they just fucked the game up more. It's not more balanced. It's more broken. And it's a lot less fun. And I would like to see that character progression come back. That the game is harder at lower levels. You know, you want to you want to break as many boxes as you can because you just want to get it over with. Give me level 5. But then you reach a point in your reincarnation lifespan, or you did, and... Um, you know, you had quite a bit of hit points. You had uh, quite a bit of survivability. You had quite a bit of damage, no matter what weapon you used. And um, you could really push through. You could really make some really fun builds, too, at those lower levels. But even now, when you're you're playing in Reaper mode, you're always just... You know, it's it's just this... this disrespect for the rules and this disrespect for the investment that the player spends in his character. That's just flat out what it is. You know, I want you to grind your TRs. I want you to grind. I want you to grind for the loot. I want you to grind for the past life feats. But fuck you. Displacement doesn't work. AC doesn't work. Your saves don't fucking matter. Fuck you. That's what the Reaper mode does. All the stuff that you spend time doing in the game, it nullifies it. And the game used to not be like that. I, I just wish I could impress that on you. And I know I've been on this little angry rant of mine. And it's fine. I'm not going to rage quit the game. And I'm not trying to get you to rage quit the game. That's not the point. And you should be picking that up. You should hear the sorrow in my voice. As I keep circling back to this great, wonderful, kind of beautiful time between probably level 14 and level 16. I think level 16 was the most fun because we were stuck at 14 for a while. So when level 16 came out, that was a great, great time. And level 20 was probably pretty good. I just don't remember it as much because the TR train was on back then. And I, um, I remember I just had a couple mains for raiding, but mostly just, you know... Couldn't wait to hit the Lairs to get those big chunks of XP and couldn't wait to hit Giant Hole to get those big chunks of XP and couldn't wait to get through the path of inspiration. You know, Vorpals were still pretty good there, as, as I recall. <laughs> those uh, flesh renders in um, the Titan quest there, when I mean, you're going through the Titan in the Storm Reaver's Mind. I think I remember using a, a, a Vorpal a couple times on those things. Uh, the the Dalcori uh, flesh render things. It was kind of neat when those ones came out, though, because remember flesh ice flinters, all those used to be tough. So it was neat when those came out and they were, you wanted to warple them. That was fun. It's a different time, my friends. It wasn't just that you could uh, you could solo raids or whatever. Um, 
you you uh you had no fear because now you were well versed, well equipped, well knowledgeable adventurer. And um I hope we can somehow return to that time except be level 32 and have, you know, a gazillion more options. That's what I hope. Um, there's not the division in the player base. Um, you know, the forums are still pretty... Um, well, they are what they are, but... You know, I, I know I, I once in a while I try to get on there and be impressive. You know, I try to be kind. And... Um, if anything, it helps Cordovan a little bit manage the vitriol that's on there. Although I am guilty of saying hurrah sometimes when somebody does a an angry rant player post. So I can't uh, always say that. But yeah, I would really like to see... Um, and I know I'm not naming all the builds that you guys are thinking of. And I've played multiple builds to, to level 32 through Reaper, um, but never past Reaper 2 or 3. I would say Reaper 3 is probably the highest I feel comfortable with, and I've played Reaper 6, I've played Reaper 7, and I've played Reaper 10. So I'm aware of the mechanics and I've played enough to see them and experience them. And... Uh, that's not fun uh, to when they invalidate all your hard work and they tell you to do something to get power and then they take it away. That's not that's not fun at all, dude. That's like uh, you know your DM giving you this sort of ultimate sharpness and then you go to use it on the boss and it fucking vibrates right out of your hand. You know, turns to fucking rust. That's what they're doing with Reaper mode. It's like silly to me that. Uh, people fall into that trap. And I'm not saying it's not psychologically uh, f- fun, because it is a trap psychologically, and that's what it's based on. So it is, a, it is a tried, true method to fool the mind into being uh, into progress and into uh, accomplishing something. But certainly not like what is available in the racial past lives. But then again, those are neutral, neutralized as well through Reaper mode. I mean, I, I, I've never looked at my guy's stats at low level, and I, I just, I was garrison packed, and I had almost died. I eventually got both the Reapers, but I was very, very low hit points. And of course, even though I have 58 AC, I have to be careful of what? Grazing hits, glancing blows, right? Ridiculous. I mean, back in the day, man, it's just ridiculous. That's that's retarded. Why am I doing the past lives? What for? You know, the more I got, more of the past lives I got, and the reason why I haven't finished yet is the more I realize that they're a lie. So if you want me to recommend them to players, they need to be valuable. If you want me to say, hey, you should buy this autos box, it's going to save you 40 hours. A normal player, 40 hours. 
30 hours? If you want me to recommend that, then it has to be valuable. And if I'm running into a quest with 58 AC, blur, a weapon that's literally critting for 130 damage on a 17 to 20, and most of the time I'm seeing 200 or 300, and a level 4 quest. Not to mention the, you know, whatever imbued dice and damage is rolling on the side. This is just the main weapon damage number. You know, 2 to 300. And I get spanked by two Reapers, almost die by a couple of Kobolds afterwards because of the grazing hits and the glancing blows with a 58 AC. Well, you got to have the PRR too. Yeah, but then when does that get invalidated? Because at some point, you have to spec for it, right? Or it's useless. You have to specialize for it. You have to be a tank, right? You have to do what the free-to-players wanted you to do way back when. That's limiting my character expression and how I want to play. And that's not what you promised when the game was released, and that's not what you promised all the way basically up until... You know, I think level 20 was still okay, but definitely not, you know, after the epic levels and stuff. It just got way out of whack. So, I think the takeaway for anybody who's listening is I spent two hours and 52 minutes Exploring the history of the Nerf Bat, Hissy Fits, and Blow Ups in DDO instead of playing it. Do you think I like the game? (laughs) Do you think I enjoy the game? Do you think I want it to improve? Regardless of what you think of my presentation here today, do you think I want the best for the game? Absolutely. It has a lot of meaning. I was a young man, when I, a young boy when I started playing this game. It's almost been 20 years. And, um, you know, much like life, we go through phases where we don't take care of ourselves and then we get a wake-up call and we got to start doing it. And uh, I want to be part of the wake-up call. That's why I do the podcast. I love the game and I, I want to have a voice. I want to read the forums and throw out player suggestions. I, I just I want to uh, make the game better. I hope uh, I hope the first half was mostly pretty fun when I was uh, doing the tongue-in-cheek stuff because it was uh, fun for me. God, I remember the Vorpal thing. So about the Vorpal thing, one last uh, thing about the Vorpal thing. You know the tumble skill that you can do? And, you know, they made it so you can, like, hotkey it so it's almost like a dodge thing, right? You used to be able to tumble in air, like, in the middle of the air, like in the in the video there, in the uh, intro. You used to be able to tumble in over monsters' heads, very similar to that. And uh, they changed it. They changed the Vorpal thing 
and I remember there was this kid who had a his kid who played a halfling, and he uh, he had the Vorpal scimitar, and I remember he launched over a I don't know what it was an ogre or something, and I saw him you know he whips out the Vorpal and the damn thing turns blue and he does the little flip as he does the attack. And I remember thinking, you know, as a kid, I'm thinking, that is the coolest shit I've ever seen. I want a Vorpal Longsword or Vorpal Scimitar. I want to, I always want to end on a positive note, guys. I always want to uh, end that way. So in summation, <laughs> I carry many bruises and scars, and uh, I have many, many good memories. I hope you take that away too. And the sauce, the pain comes from how good the game used to be, and um, how it's changed so much, and not for the better. I don't mean we should um, get rid of tanks or get rid of this or get rid of that, but I think that uh, we got to figure out how to get rid of Reaper mode, how to bring back challenge to the end game without um, invalidating whole spell lines and feet lines. Um, we got to figure out how to do that. That's silly. It always was funny to me that they would freak out about the displacement clicky so much because once you're on the TR train and you're steamrolling the early levels so much you're like you wonder what what's the why are you fucking balancing for that like you know we we steamroll that I don't care I don't even get my displacement clicky out of the bank you know so and now you don't need to because it doesn't work <laughs> well I hope to get back to you guys again uh, it's always fun uh, talking DDO even if it goes a little south it's fun man the changes to drow really blew I, f I forgot about those weapon changes those really hurt but they had buffed uh, they would buffed that shuriken line enough um I think thrower builds are still good. I think I've heard people using them. I'm not sure. But they used to be like redonkulous and uh, like the Muncher build, I guess, before there was the Muncher build. And uh, I think that's why people were probably less up in arms about Drow getting <laughs> nerfed so bad with their weapons and then with the uh, spell resistance thing. That sucked because they were awesome. Now, I used to be able to roll a Drow man and that blue shit, the spell resistance would go off everywhere. You didn't need fucking remove curse pots. You didn't need to worry about anything. Command, nothing. You were good to go. And then if you invested in that shit, you were fucking protected. And um, it lasted a long time. Well, they nerfed it pretty much. Well, that is uh, all I have. And I'm nearing uh, in on a three-hour podcast. It was a lot of fun to go down memory lane here, um, even if it was painful, because it's like um, you know visiting uh, visiting all those emotions and all those uh, times again.
but don't um, don't make the mistake or don't let me misrepresent uh, how much fun it was to be that powerful to go into a raid like Sulamati's at the end with a with a, a rogue monk and tank it for 10 people who don't really know what the fuck's going on and you know your buddy's healing you and you're curse potting and you know you guys are calling out the aggro management because you're this is a rogue a lot of your even monk your your attack speed and stuff they'd already nerfed the two up in fighting line so even then you know you had to be careful on who was going to pull the aggro off you and and you did have to sacrifice if you're going to walk around with 108 109 AC at level 16 that was a big deal back then and you know your two hit was was suffering a little you know I mean you not a lot but you had to make sure you were you're using your greater heroism clickies and you had to make sure that you were scrolling it if you didn't have it and you were calling out, hey man, back off, let me let me get a couple of strikes in on him, let me make sure I got aggro. You know, it wasn't you weren't doing that. Like me and my friend who would would drag people through like say Sulamadis like that, weren't doing that because we were um we were trying to showboat Back then we did that to keep those people alive and to teach them about game mechanics. You know, if you can't take the hit, don't piss off the mob. You know, and they're seeing a rogue tank, a raid boss, that I didn't have, dude, I didn't have fucking displacement clicky. I'm not even sure if I was, I don't have blur, I just had AC. I didn't have, the only... Blur cloak I had, I think it was on my ranger, and it was not on my monk. So, it was just an, an AC build, and it was just a high AC build. But my guy was powerful. I my guy could take a hit. My guy could get cursed, and then he could get bitch slapped, and he still lived. It wasn't like I was in danger of dying. If all those guys got wiped out, I still would have killed the boss. If my buddy who was healing me got wiped out, I still could have killed the boss. It wasn't a my guy was that powerful, and it was that much fun. Yes, it is that much fun to carry a raid on your back like that. It's a, a ginormous amount of fun. And you, you don't have to be uh, a braggadocious prick about it because you're going to be satisfied uh, by just having that, quite frankly, that hero fantasy absolutely fulfilled by helping these 10 strangers pop this chest and looking at the shinies inside. And you'll be even more blessed when you pass over whatever loot somebody else is looking for. Yeah, I mean, here you go. Spread that goodwill around the game. Yeah, you make a little bit of a name for yourself among people, sure. And that's fun too. But you make friends. Not everybody wants to invest that kind of time in the game and get that good at it, collect all that stuff. So, you know, a couple people stay around and, you know, you know that 80% or so come and go. And you guys share war stories. It's a lot. It was a lot of fun back then, and I don't see that now. Even when I watch the R10 solo videos of Raids or whatever, I don't see that Um the same level of power that we used to have. It's all uh, it's all fucked up. All the rules they added and stuff, they just all fucked it all up. So, 
that's kind of why I have the podcast, quite honestly, is to like explore what players think of how to add to the game in such a way that we can fix it or make it better. That's like why I have the podcast. Because <laughs> I think the best place to figure out a way to to fix it is to listen to all the players that played through uh, all these changes, even that I didn't get to see, you know, because I didn't stick around for a lot of these other changes. You know, I, I you know, once Lord of Blades came out, I saw that we were going to have to need tanks. I figured I'd just go play a game where they built it that way from the ground up. So between uh, Star Wars and Guild Wars 2, I, I didn't really need uh, DDO. And I can still very easily go back to both games, I think. I really think my heart is in Dungeons & Dragons, and I love... I do love the character creation thing. I told you guys about the play-by-post, and Jesus, this is a long podcast. And the second session just started. I only was able to get into it a little bit. And uh, I felt bad because I know uh, my friend really didn't have time, and then he felt like he wanted to you know, get into the game and get the story, the plot line moving along. So he... Spent a lot of time on it today. Uh, you know, I was supposed to spend some time on it tonight and uh, when I was in bed, and now I'm supposed to go right to bed to get up for work. But So that that's all shot. But, uh, you know, I, that's an incredible... I love that, you know. That's where my heart is, man, is making characters or participating in storylines with people. I really enjoy that. And, and this game can offer it. It's just... Um, uh, is it is it going to be willing to take those steps? You know, I, I you know with the with the advent of the archetypes, I mean, standing stone games nowadays is not the turbine I grew up with. It's not the turbine that I mentioned in these last few in these last few minutes. That's not what the same company you know that um, we're dealing with. We have a extremely healthy and um, friendly community, extremely supportive. The amount of people that listen to me talk I mean I don't know man I, I you know you know what's nice about it is I'm not alone but I never thought I was alone to begin with man because I I fucking love this game and it's 17 years old so I never really thought I was alone anyways I just don't think anybody you know it took time for people to discover it that's all and I guess that's you know and that's why I'm here is I'd like to I'd like to be a part of the game and I'd like to be a part of it you know being better, becoming better. I can't write enhancement trees or feats or anything shit like that. But like I can play a play by post form game and you know I can participate in that and I can tell war stories and I can tell uh hero stories and um talk about um some pen and paper experiences I've had. I can just talk about Dungeons and Dragons in a really positive light. So, and I know today was rough, but that's okay. We need rough days. You got to have rough days. Appreciate the good ones, the easy ones. I don't think they're going to make those same mistakes again. And I, there's a nerf bat that's happening right now as we speak. They're literally lowering, lowering caster damage in the high R10s and R7s. Now, that is a gigantic waste of time. 
for them to be balancing that bullshit endgame that's not even endgame. As we just discussed, it literally removes defensive and feet line. It's just foolishness. Um, it's not an endgame that makes you feel powerful. Okay? And that's what we want to bring back. So, don't, you know, and even if I think that it's stupid that they're balancing it, and I do, because it is, <laughs> but, you know, I look at how they're doing it, the percentages they're using, and the care which, and the care with which they're telling the players and how they're being very transparent. And, um, and I, you know, I, I, that to me, my hat's off from that. They've grown too, man. Like, they, I think it's a company, they really get it to be approaching the player base that way. Of course, those are the people that sign their paychecks too, you know, at the end of the day. But the story content, the the quest packages that they've come out with are are excellent. Uh, And uh, the archetypes have been, what a breath of fresh air just to have them come out at the pace they do. I would like to take a look, another look at my uh, that half dragon template thing. I haven't looked at the enhancement thing, but that was really fun when I was talking about it last night. I think that was super fun to talk about again. And um, I don't know, something like that would be fucking just great. Uh, I don't know if I want to do a podcast episode on it, but I, I definitely want to read through it again. Just a fun, fun addition to the game. It would be nice to like fly in with your fucking wings, knock everybody on the ground, and then cut their heads off with your tail. Or if you did like a, they made like a, you know, a spinning slash attack. That would just be fun. I mean, you have to have the DCs for it, right? <laughs> All right, so I got uh, I got little left. That play-by-post that I'm participating in is a lot of fun, and I I'm surprised. I I saw the last post and I thought it was going to be huge. It's called a second death, and I for sure thought that. So if you didn't hear my first podcast, my first podcast about the uh, play-by-post, my character was an elf who died and then was like not really dead. But he was a warlock who re-bargained with his patron to alter reality itself so that in this new timeline, basically, he could save his friends, this new reality. And this new reality saw him be a half-dragon, which in this session two, that's all I knew you know, up to a couple of days ago, all he knew is that he turned into a half dragon. But now, you know, my guy was uh, is part of the Draylus Tarn, the uh, it's a sect of arenal elves that uh, keepers of the past. It's their religion, and they uh, you know they they fight dragons, they fight, uh, they discover secrets, and they. You know, they kind of 
to some degree believe the draconic prophecy is um, is not the absolute truth that uh, like most of the world or some a lot of the world believe it to be. So they kind of poke and prod at that at that truth. But my character's clan is called the Distant Falcons, and their whole shtick is to search the world for the hidden mysteries of the dragons and uncover the secrets. And when he was a young boy, he was captured by Arandis Vole and then sold to the Lady of the Dark as like a meal ticket, basically, because he's, he had powerful bloodlines. She was kind of, her vampires were kind of, she's kind of the first vampire of Eberron. So she was kind of you know, feeding him to his lieutenants, but my guy was one of 13. So I don't know if there are more or if I'm related to them, but the uh, there was this whole thing, this whole trial thing that happened that was really interesting, and I thought that um, it probably needed more build-up because I, I didn't... It was an emotional in the fact that I was surprised by what happened, but it wasn't... Uh, and it, I thought that the uh, writing of the song was uh, interesting because that's really what... Um, I think I was drawn to was that expression of of art as opposed to just you know the guys related to this is a, I kill the guys I kill a guy's brother but he's also like kin like he's also part of my my family you know so it's like it's one of those things where like I, you know I don't know if I had enough time to uh, let that stew before it happened but it was shocking and um I did feel sad for the for the priest, uh, so that that's something. But the uh, the whole thing again, the whole thing is surprising because it's you know he, the way he says it's one thing and then it's, it's another thing, but it is that thing, and then it kind of switches. So it, you're surprised, but then you're not surprised. I really li- I just like that kind of D and D because I don't I know I haven't participated much in this one. I know I think I've said like two posts. But the first one, I thought I was like super engaged in that. When I went back through and I was having the podcast and I was like retelling you guys what happened. And then I'm like scrolling through, you know, I'm scrolling down the wheel. I'm exaggerating it in front of the microphone. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, holy shit, I didn't like write anything. But when I was playing, I thought I was, which was really kind of strange. Now, this time I'm, I'm hyper aware, I guess, that I've only... Um, done a couple I also think it's because so much uh, he's done by himself and uh, I feel a little guilty but uh, you know he knows I'm working so that's the way it goes sometimes and then today you know I just did a long podcast so that's the way it is and then I thought I was going to cover either Bladesinger or Hexblade and then somebody made a whole new class on um, the DDO forums and I was basically just yesterday saying that nobody does the kind of content I want to cover, and I really want to cover that. And I instead um, took you guys uh, on a trip to the way, way back and down memory lane. So, But again, I'm, I'm always going to kind of, when it comes to this podcast, I'm always going to kind of follow my heart and speak to what's going to set me on fire. Um, because that kind of passion and that kind of... Um, intensity is infectious and if you know if I just kind of half-ass it I don't think you'll 
you'll be that entertained. I mean, just go back a couple of weeks ago, whatever that one is, uh, or just a few days. Yeah, like last week, it's called The Hold Spell. Like, listen to that podcast and tell me you want me to do something like like that every fucking day. That that sucked. But it is what it is. You know, you have you got to have some of those bad times to have the good ones, you know? And maybe this is a good one. Maybe people will really like it. Um, maybe people didn't realize what the game was like and how much fun it really was. And maybe we got to get it back to that. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to start at one point and when you end the game, your character is strong and not getting one-shotted and not in fear of dying by one hit? Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, it's almost anathema now because the game has had Reaper mode since, what, 2015? So it's almost like bred out of players that, like, you're supposed to be powerful at level 32. And not just on elite mode. Like, you're supposed to be fucking powerful. Like, you're almost deity level, if not deity level, in a pen and paper campaign setting at level 32. And instead you're getting one-shotted. So, think about that. (laughs) I mean, help me figure out a way to get it back to square, and let's come up with some fun enhancement trees. Because I love reading the enhancement trees. I love it. Um... It's like unwrapping a new gift. Like, ooh, wouldn't this be fun to try? <laughs> okay, I'm, uh, I am going to sign off now, guys. I've got to still put the thing together and put it out. That takes a good half hour or so. So um, if you made it this far, congratulations. You love the game as much as I do. And even if you are a free-to-play baby, I recognize your... D20 or whatever. I don't know. I'm trying to be cute, but I can't figure out a way to do that. So (laughs) thanks for sticking around, guys. Thanks for understanding. I was mostly joking, but I did want to inform as well. I don't know what to talk about next time. Let's see. We got so much to talk about. That's a good thing, because if we're not talking about DDO, we might be talking about something else. So let's talk about DDO.